You're listening to the Fashion Ambition Podcast, and I'm your host, Natalie Robin. The Fashion Ambition Podcast is all about bringing you the tools and strategies to start and scale your business or career in fashion through conversations with industry experts who have been there and done that. Whether you're a startup founder or a new fashion graduate, or you just know that a career in fashion is your calling, we have an episode to help you launch. Make sure to keep up with new episodes by following the podcast at The Fashion Ambition on Instagram, where I update you on new episodes every week. You can also find my blog on Instagram at nomadandmode and online at nomadandmode.net, where you can find fashion tips and travel guides from how to pack for a six-month backpacking trip to the best places to shop in Paris. You can also find all of the links to the website and to connect with me and each of the guests in the show notes. So with that, let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the Fashion Ambition podcast. So in this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. Instead of starting off the season with an interview, I thought I would switch things up a little bit. And instead, I'm going to be talking about something that actually inspired this podcast to begin with. And that is fashion blogging and my interest in fashion blogging. So if you have had the chance to listen to the intro of the podcast, you'll know that in 2016, I started a fashion and travel blog called Nomad and Mode. Um, I was at a point in my life where I was thinking about career directions and launching a blog was a really great way to combine a lot of my interests, including photography and writing and a lot of really different creative aspects. Um, But for me, I had a really strong creative background at the time, but I did not have a strong strategy, marketing or business background. Um, I really didn't have any prior education in that at all. And so that really led me on the path of researching and trying to figure out how to make this blog take off. And throughout the process, there were some things that I did right and definitely some things that I did wrong. Um, Looking back now, knowing what I know and having some business and marketing skill set, I wish I had done something so differently. Um, But you know, hindsight is always 20-20. So In this episode, I wanted to reflect on those mistakes that I made and kind of compact them into an episode about what I would do if I was starting a fashion blog in 2021, in case that is you and you hopefully this can be something that can help you out um, while you get started. So it's kind of an interesting topic because you hear a lot of the top fashion influencers with multi-million followers. Um, I've actually seen a couple of them just recently, probably within the last few months, say that they think that blogging is dead. And I think that I understand where they're coming from because on one hand, um, I think it's more about the type of blogging that they used to do that I don't think works anymore. Um, However, I do think that there's a different kind of blogging that you can still be really successful in. So when fashion blogging first started back in the early or late, actually 2000s, bloggers would post outfit photos directly on their websites or their MySpace accounts. And people could go directly to those bloggers' websites. And that's where they would see the outfit photos. And that's where they would get inspiration. 
But now people can go directly to Instagram and there's not really a need for people to make that extra stop on a blog for outfit inspiration. It's only when someone is interested in making a purchase or they're really interested in that influencer in particular that they might click through and browse the blog. A lot of Instagram influencers will even link directly to a brand's product page in order to make affiliate commissions using the Instagram swipe up feature. So there's no need to go to their blogs just to browse. Um, So in that regard, I definitely agree that blogging or that that blogging model of just posting outfit content to your website and hoping people go there, that definitely no longer works. However, um, actually, I should say as well that they may have also had somewhat of a marketing strategy behind that. But so, however, on the other hand, if you consider that a blog is actually an informational website, there's still so much opportunity, um, both for monetization and also the opportunity to use a blog as a marketing tool. So if you look at Google, it's a search engine. Its purpose is to answer questions and to solve people's problems by answering those questions. And because people search on Google with intent, meaning that they know what they want and what they're looking for, Google traffic is a hotter audience when it comes to the probability that they'll buy something. So, and I mean a hotter audience in comparison with Instagram. So a lot of the time, people searching on Google are already shopping, whereas on Instagram, people aren't necessarily searching for anything in particular. A lot of the time, people go there to scroll. So you might inspire them to buy something on Instagram, but they're less likely to make that purchase right away. Because when someone is searching for, say, a winter coat on Google, you know that they're ready to buy. Whereas on Instagram, someone who's in the market for a winter coat might save photos of coats that they like if it so happens to show up on their newsfeed. But then they might go directly to the brand's website and make that purchase. And this works perfectly for brands. But as an influencer, you might post something like an outfit photo, for example, and inspire people um, and people might save your photo for later, but you're not directly giving answers to that search query the way that you are in Google if you create content that's uh, search engine optimized. So influencer marketing on, on Instagram and other social platforms definitely works really, really well. Um, there's no debating that, but the opportunity with blogging and writing for SEO is really that you can answer people's exact search queries of what they're looking for and potentially gain web traffic or make a sale or set yourself up as the expert in your industry in doing so. So that being said, I do not think that blogs or fashion blogs are dead in 2021, but I do think that they have to kind of operate on a different model than they did in the late 2000s. So I think that the other thing is that with Instagram and influencer marketing, you have to be in constant production in order for it to be profitable. So that's another way that the two sort of content platforms or content strategies differ. Um, So what I mean is that if you stop posting photos or if you're inconsistent or if you lack good frequency of posting, uh, people are going to forget about you very quickly. And if you lose that engagement, then you lose interest with brands. However, informational blogging, even though it's a lot of work, once you post an article on Google, it's a lot more evergreen. So your article that you have optimized for a particular search query is going to show up regardless of how long it's been since you published it, if it's properly optimized and if it's the best source for that search query. 
So for example, I was doing some research into blogging and I searched a query and the first page that came up was actually a blog post from 2011. So to give you that comparison, something from 2011 that they created 10 years ago is still ranking on Google and it's still driving in traffic and potentially getting that web page uh, affiliate compensation. And so that's just a short comparison, but it gives you an idea of the differences between blogging and influencer marketing. So now that we've gone through that overview, um, I wanted to get into six points that I wish personally I had known when I first started a fashion blog. So number one on that list is to prepare for the long game. Um, I would say that you have to be willing to trust the process and be frequent and consistent with your posting schedule. You have to consider that your blog is going to be a business. So this is a business venture from the very beginning and you have to treat it accordingly. Um, you'll likely have to be willing to stick it out for at least a year to see any rewards like you would with any other business. And in that year, there's going to be a lot of work. Um, I think that's one misconception with blogging is that it's easy. Um, there is a lot that goes behind making a blog successful. So especially if you have no capital to work with or, um, you know, any sort of leverage to pay content creators to work for you, that is going to slow down the process quite a bit. So that's number one, have a consistent content publishing schedule and don't expect immediate results. So the mistake that I'd say I made is that I didn't stay focused on one blog and I took long periods of time off of it while I was in university, while I was traveling, while I was working on other projects, etc. I launched the blog in October of 2016. I started working on it, I think earlier that year um, in April. And then it didn't I didn't work on it again really until August of 2018. And then while I was in university, I took a really long hiatus too. And I think that the biggest thing is that I didn't see the big picture of how it was going to grow. And so I didn't really have that incentive or push to continue to work on it because I wasn't really sure how to make it work. Um, I didn't have a business plan and I didn't have clarity on what the brand messaging was. And I think that that's such a huge part of playing the long game. You have to know what you're actually working towards monetarily. So you have to have a business plan and it doesn't have to be a huge long document, um, but you do need to have a framework of tasks and milestones and dates that you expect to see revenue. So it's more of a lean startup model. On that note as well, I think it's really important to know and to have a realistic expectation when it comes to how much content you'll actually be able to create, particularly if you're a full-time student or if you work full-time. Blogging is extremely time-consuming and it is very time-intensive and it takes a lot of work. So not only that, but there is a big learning curve if you don't have any of the required skills ahead of time. And there are a lot of different skills that go into it. So from web design to graphic design to SEO to writing articles. Um, one thing I would suggest is to break up the type of content that you're going to create and, and publish on your website. So for example, if you're a fashion blogger and you're trying to be consistent with creating SEO optimized posts, um, don't rely solely on photo shoots. And I see this a lot with bloggers. They think that every single post has to be a, um, you know, an editorial or like a photo outfit inspiration uh, photo shoot. 
Um, definitely include them within your content strategy, particularly if this is going to be a personal blog and a personal brand because people connect with you and, you know, images of you. But um, that doesn't have to be your only type of content. So this is because, or the reason I say this is because shooting outfit content or even doing an editorial photo shoot is extremely time intensive. It takes a lot of planning from finding a photographer to sourcing outfits, to scouting locations, to potentially driving to the location, et cetera. And if you're just starting out and you work full-time already, or if you're a full-time student, you might not necessarily have the resources to do that consistently, um, you know, every weekend or whatever it might be. So I don't want to discourage you from doing your own photo shoots. I, I actually think you should include that, include that as part of your content strategy. But I would just say, and again, this is for bloggers focusing on website content specifically. I would just advise that that can be one type of article that you create. You can also create things like listicles, product reviews, product recommendations that have a little bit less of a production time and a little bit less of a cost in terms of energy and are still great options to use to rank on Google. So if you break up the types of content that you can create um, and you really have a strategy and you have that all broken down into your calendar, um, that's going to give you a lot more lever or a lot more time. And as a result, you'll be a lot more consistent. So the second point that I wanted to mention is to make sure that you learn SEO for content writing right away. And I touched on this a little bit in the above point, uh, not only to be consistent and frequent, but you want to make sure that the content that you're putting out is actually optimized for Google. If you're going to be putting in a ton of time and energy to create the article to begin with, you might as well maximize your ROI. Um, so you could be creating a lot of beautiful content and great helpful articles, but if they aren't SEO optimized, no one will see them. And this is something that I learned the hard way in part because I found it quite difficult to find good resources on how to use um, SEO, how to write for SEO. And that really got into the details or I found it really difficult to find good resources on how to write for SEO that really got into the details and numbers behind keyword research. So what you should be looking for um, in terms of keyword will, keywords will be based on where you're starting out in terms of the domain authority of your website and how much leverage you already have there. Um, so I now have my SEO strategy laid out in a really specific process that consistently ranks my articles for my intended keywords. But that definitely wasn't the case in the beginning. Um, I find that this is because, like, this is a common struggle for content writers and fashion bloggers or even fashion editors because a lot of the time, um, these writers have a really good background when it comes to creative writing, but they don't necessarily have that technical background on how to write for um, in order to get traffic and in order to get ad revenue and sales as a result of that traffic. So that is definitely something that I wish I had known earlier because it would have given me a lot more direction in terms of writing and content creation. Um, but of course, you have to learn as you go as well. And you can't be expected to know everything when you first start. And that's totally okay. 
I think the most important thing is that you do get started on any project that you're working on, really, and you have to trust that you're capable of learning and getting better and improving. So speaking of SEO, I'm going to be recording another episode that will be coming out in a couple of weeks outlining my exact process for ranking articles on the first page of Google for targeted keywords. Um, This is the strategy that I've been using for all of my articles lately, and I've seen some really great results. Um, If you are a fashion writer or an editor or a blogger, definitely don't miss that episode. So the third point that I wanted to mention is that taking courses can save you so much time. So people, if you take courses by people who have already had success doing what you want to do, it's really invaluable. So yes, a lot of the information needed to build a business or to create a successful blog is available online. Um, However, online for free, I should say, However, if you think in terms of being, um, you know, time being money, it really makes a lot more sense to invest in a course that's going to fast track you to where you want to be rather than spending years trying to piece together free information. And while I do recommend taking courses, I'd also say that it's important to do your research on them. I've taken some really amazing courses and some not so amazing courses that I felt were kind of a wasted investment. So look at the reviews, consider the business model of the person teaching the course, um, look at their reputation within the marketplace, see what other people are saying about them and about their course, and decide on whether or not what they're teaching really aligns with your goals in your own business and in your own blog. So the fourth point that I wanted to mention, um, and this is actually probably one of the most important points out of the list I'm going to give you, Um, But this is to build a revenue model, because if you're wanting to be a business, you have to be making revenue. Um, I wish that I had focused on just one aspect of the blog and of the business at a time. I didn't have a big team to work with when I launched the blog. And so if you're working alone, you really need to allocate your time to the task that will move you forward. And I think that one of the mistakes that I made is that I thought that I needed to be everywhere all at once because I was taking in so much information from different sources. So I was trying to be consistent with Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, et cetera. And that's where the importance of a business model comes in because that's going to guide everything else that you do. Because I didn't have a plan on where revenue would be coming from, I didn't know what platforms I should be focusing on. And as a result, I got distracted with a lot of different platforms. So it comes back to ROI again. If you have a limited amount of time to build your business, you really need to focus on the things that will move it forward. So once you have that in place, once you have that model in place, you can decide on where your energy is going to go in terms of where to post. The fifth point that I wanted to mention here is to sign up for affiliate marketing and ad networks and or create your own product. So I just mentioned business models. And the fifth thing that I wish I had done is looked into monetization right away. So specifically, what I wish I had done is focused on publishing articles and signed up with an ad network right away. I also wish that I had gotten started with affiliate marketing right away and really focused on driving traffic to the blog through Pinterest and through organic Google traffic. 
Then after some traction had picked up, I would have then focused on an Instagram strategy and some of the other social media platforms because at that point, the structure would have already been in place. Um, And then Instagram or any social platforms would have been used for marketing and driving additional traffic and creating more brand awareness. So it's really about following the steps and creating a platform of your own where your brand can live and then using Instagram as an additional marketing tool. The number six point for fashion bloggers that I really wanted to highlight is to make sure that your photo shoots are text accompanied. So I already touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to elaborate because it was something that I really struggled with when I was first trying to figure out content structure. And again, this is specifically for fashion bloggers, AKA writers, but it is important to accompany your photo shoots with an article. This is going to help you with your SEO and ranking the photo story on Google. So you can think of this as a similar format to what you would see on the cover story of a magazine. Um, So there's an article as well as typically an editorial photo shoot to go along with it. Again, it all comes back to ROI. If you're going to create a beautiful editorial spread or photo shoot or outfit inspiration shot, um, you want to make sure that people actually see it, right? And so going back to what I was saying at the beginning with top influencers nowadays saying that blogging is dead, I agree that simply posting photos to your website and hoping that people see it, that really doesn't work anymore. However, when you combine it with text or you combine it with something that's really helpful to people that ideally has a lot of traffic, search traffic already, and you make your post the source for that search query, So the top source for that search query, that's when your photography has the potential to get some eyes on it. And as a result, your blog will get more traffic and you will potentially get ad revenue and affiliate sales from that point, depending on the volume of the traffic. So I always appreciate when people break things down when they're teaching and make things kind of more specific to my situation. So I wanted to give an example of how I would approach writing a blog. Um, So number one, I would do my keyword research to ensure that people are actually searching for the term that I'm writing for. Um, So say that search term or keyword is puffer coats for fall 2021. Say that's what you want to write for. You've done your keyword research and you know that there's enough volume for it to be worth it for you to even write about it. After that, what you could then do is write the longest, most helpful an easy to navigate blog post that solves the problem for that search query. So if you think about it, if someone is searching for a puffer coats for the fall of 2021, they're probably looking to buy a puffer coat that's in fashion for the fall of 2021. So you could do a photo shoot of yourself wearing the puffer coat style that's on trend for the fall of 2021, and then embed that into the post as your visual and link to it directly. And the text that you would add could be the features of that puffer coat and why you like it. And then you can place an affiliate link directly into the post so that your readers can purchase the coat if they like it um, and they can shop for it directly from there. 
Then, because we already know that people want to shop around based on the search query that we're targeting, we would then research the best, most stylish puffer coats of the season and do a roundup style post of each of those coats, giving our readers the most options laid out in a way that's really easy to shop. And you would research the features and benefits of each of these coats and link to them directly and write uh, a paragraph of each of the styles. Click and find out more about them directly from your website if they're interested. And if they do end up making a purchase, then you would get an affiliate commission. So approaching content from this way offers inspiration to your readers through the photography that you have on the post. It also solves their search query through the helpful roundup post that you've created of a bunch of different um, puffer code options. And it also fulfills the text requirements of SEO in order for your post to rank for puffer codes fall 2021. So I hope that explaining it in more detail is helpful. And like I mentioned, I'll be publishing another podcast specifically on how fashion writers can approach SEO. And that brings me to the end of the podcast. These are the six things that I really wish I had known when I first started blogging back in 2016. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And I'm sure that there are other things that I think that I'll think of after recording this episode that I wish I had done differently or that I wish I had known because there is really so much that goes into blogging, but I can always do another episode. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at the fashion ambition on Instagram, and you can send me some podcast recommendations if there's anything you'd like me to cover. And with that, I will wrap up this podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning into the Fashion Ambition Podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review. And if you got any great takeaways, I would love to hear your feedback. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Nomad and Mode and follow the podcast page at The Fashion Ambition to be updated whenever there's a new episode. I know that I always learn so much from each of the guests on the podcast, and I would love to know what stood out most to you. So feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you learned. Thanks again and see you in the next episode of The Fashion Ambition.